and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouette, and in this episode, we're talking about the web slinger himself, Spider-Man, and we're not talking about Toby, and we're not talking about Andrew. We're talking about Tom Holland, the third person to take on the character. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy to talk about this movie because I love Spider-Man, and joining me today to talk about it is... Eric Ginn, how are you? Hi, hello. Hi. Uh, tell me about yourself. Well, uh, I'm a Taurus. First off, that's... <laughs> no. Um, it's very important. That we yeah, that. I, I know you like astrology, so it's. <laughs> uh, well, my name's Eric Ginn. I'm uh, a 27 year old. I don't know where I was going with that. But I like Spider-Man too. <laughs> wow. Um, but yes, uh, I live in Baton Rouge. Uh, I'm about to get married in six months, and I'm just so happy that you have done this. I I know I've said that to you a lot. I'm so happy that you did this thing, and I'm so proud of you. Anyway, thank you. It's been so fun. But yes, congratulations, by the way, on getting married soon that's really exciting yes it is very exciting and stressful at the same time <laughs> it is very stressful but it's totally fine um i wouldn't know but i believe you this is another person who really loves the deathly hallows movies too so hi yes so, that's me so we're gonna start a second podcast after this one's wrapped up i'm gonna do like a harry potter movie slash book review and i'm gonna trash talk deathly hallows i'm gonna have you and andrew on the episode just so i could just trash talk it and that's so and great. then y'all will have to just listen to it so so we'll just we don't have, we won't have any comebacks just no nothing you just have to listen that's okay. just that's right. what it that's good. be so spider-man <laughs> so spider-man hello um so yeah this is such a fun film and i'm really excited to talk about it because um, I feel like it's the best actual adaptation for the character that we've seen so far. No doubt. Um, we'll get into it in the review. But yeah, if you are new to this, I don't know what you're doing because this is episode 16, but it's fine. Uh, we're going to be doing a recap. I'm going to talk about the film. I like to keep it around 10 minutes, but as we're getting further and further into these films, they're getting a little bit longer, so just keep that in mind. So keep it around 10 minutes, and then after that, we're going to talk about it, we're going to do a little bit of a review, and then we're going to rate the film. I'm going to ask Eric what his top three films are in the MCU and where Spider-Man might fall into there. Um, and then I'm going to rate it based on the other 16, all 16 films that we've seen so far. Um and yeah, and then at the end, we're going to get into some endgame spoiler territory, talk about what we want to see from the film. It's going to be fun. So yeah, Eric, are you ready for me to recap this? Thwip, thwip. <laughs> All right, so this is the recap on Spider-Man. We see a colored picture of the Avengers. A man is showing his coworker this and says things have changed. They're construction workers for the aftermath of New York City um, from Avengers. And they're in the middle of working when another cleanup crew comes through and says all of this is under their jurisdiction now and dismisses them. And this main guy says, no, I bought trucks. My workers have families. Don't do this. And she says to take it up with the people in charge, a.k.a. Tony Stark. So before they left, he stole some of the alien parts from the Shatari. And eight years later which is wrong. It 
isn't eight years, but the screen says eight years later. The workers are still doing business underground, and now we see the vulture in a big suit with wings picking up parts. And we start watching this film made by Peter Parker, and it's him and Happy. They're flying to Berlin to fight in Civil War. It's like his own little vlog. Uh, We see him get his suit for the first time, parts of the fight. Uh, Peter is filming the whole thing, and on his way home with Tony, he tells him he can keep the suit, and Happy is in charge of him. So Tony tells Peter that someone's going to call him. Two months later, Peter goes to school and still has not gotten a call from Happy or Tony. And he goes to class and then to his decathlon club where he tells the team that he won't be going to Washington with them because he might need to be at the Stark internship. After school, he becomes the neighborhood Spider-Man and he flies around doing really nothing, just neighborhood stuff. Uh, Stan Lee cameos here when Peter starts making too much noise in the neighborhood and he's in an apartment window saying, don't make me come down there, you punk. Um... He still calls Happy to tell him everything he did for the night, um, and he tells them that he feels like he could be doing more. And right after this, he sees the bank near him getting robbed by guys with alien tech. So he fights with them, and they blow up the deli across the street, and he saves the owner, and the guys get away. He goes back home and sneaks in through the window and drops down to discover his friend Ned sitting in his room, who sees him in the suit. And Ned freaks out, and he's like, Aunt May doesn't know. You can't tell anybody. So... May and Peter go get Ty, and she says she's not a fan of Stark since uh, Peter's distracted all the time. And the next day at school, Peter is talking to Ned about getting bit by a spider, and all day long, Ned asks him really weird spider questions. And in gym class, Hanel Beerus makes them watch... Hanel Beerus is the the gym teacher. Uh, He makes them watch Captain America videos, and they overhear Peter's crush Liz say that she likes Spider-Man, so Ned blurts out that Peter knows him, and so they invite him to her party that night so he can tell Spider-Man all about it. And the bell rings, and Ned tells Peter that he's an Avenger, and if anybody has a chance with a senior girl, it's him. So Aunt May drops him off at the party, and they're in there for a few seconds, and Ned tries to get Peter to put on his suit to show off, but Peter doesn't want to use Spider-Man as a party trick. Uh, but Flash, which is Peter's school bully, kind of not so much a bully in this film, but he's just a dick. So Flash spots Peter and starts to make fun of him for pretending that he knew Spider Man. So Peter goes outside to suit up and he sees something blue light up in the sky and decides to leave the party to investigate. And it's some of the workers from before, and they're meeting with Donald Glover, uh, testing out high tech weapons. And Glover only needs something to stick up some dudes and doesn't want all this crazy alien tech. So Peter's phone starts ringing and he blows his cover. They start hitting him with their weapons and they start to escape. And he's holding onto their van while they're shooting at him. And the driver's called Toombs, a.k.a. Vulture, while Peter continues to chase after the van running through the neighborhood's backyards, trashing everything along the way. He finally catches up. And right as he jumps for the van, Vulture shows up, grabs him, flies him up into the sky and drops him into a lake and he's pretty scary so iron man's suit that tony is navigating from a party sweeps in um grabs him from the lake and brings him to this playground where he heats him up and says like stop trying to take on more than you can handle and tells him to forget the flying vulture guy and stick to being the friendly neighborhood spider-man and he tells him to call happy if he comes across the weapons again and to stay close on the ground So while walking home, Peter comes across some glowing battery thing left over from the alien tech and takes it with him. So Peter and Ned take it to school and try to figure out what it is when they come across the guys who tried to kill Peter who are looking for the weapon part. While hiding under a table, Peter places the tracker on them so he can see where they are going 
and getting the weapons from. Peter and Ned watch the track tracker and see the dudes finally stop in Maryland, which is where Peter thinks the lair is, so he decides to rejoin the decathlon team so that he can get to DC and find the lair. When they arrive, Peter removes the tracker from his suit so that Stark doesn't know what he's doing, and Ned finds out that his suit has a training wheel protocol in place, so Peter makes him remove it, despite Ned trying to tell him that's a bad idea. So Peter puts on his suit and tells Ned to keep the alien part safe. On his way out, Liz tries to convince him to go swimming, but Peter's like, nah, I got stuff to do. He goes to follow the tracker, and his suit starts talking to him about his suit's full capabilities and gives him a tracker to follow to find his target. And he goes to this gas station where there's these guys sitting in a van in the middle of a heist, and his suit engages enhanced combat mode, which Peter has trouble working with since he skipped all of his training. And he is struggling to understand the web shooter settings. And while this is happening, we see these big trucks come through and Vulture breaks into them. So Spider-Man follows him, falls into the truck, gets stuck while struggling to understand his suit, and he gets knocked out. And he wakes up in this crate that's in the most secure facility on the eastern seaboard. And um, it's this damage control deep storage vault. And he starts calling his suit lady, Karen, and runs the refresher course on how to use his suit. And he asks Karen if he should tell Liz about Spider-Man. And she's like, if I were Liz, I wouldn't be disappointed. So Peter decides he can't wait until morning to get out the vault and finds another weapon part, which Karen tells him is a bomb that that requires radiation to explode. So Peter starts freaking out because Ned is carrying the bomb. Meanwhile, Ned is trying to distract everybody because they're going to be late for the decathlon because of Peter again. So... After all these trials, Karen and Peter find out the combo to unlock the vault and Spider-Man escapes. And he tries to call Ned to tell him about the bomb, but he's already in the competition. And Michelle answers the last question, wins the decathlon for Midtown. They head to the Washington Monument to celebrate and Ned finally answers his phone, but Peter doesn't get to tell him about the bomb soon enough. And Ned puts it through security x-ray machine to get into the monument, which activates it. So Ned gets on the elevator with his team and the core starts to detonate, causing structural damage. Spider-Man runs up and sees Michelle, who's on the ground, who's saying that her friends are up there. So he begins climbing up and Karen says that he only has 10 minutes before catastrophic failure. He gets all the way to the top, uses his web flyer thing to break into the window, catches the elevator that Ned, Liz, and his teacher are in, and right after Ned and his teacher get out the elevator, it begins falling, and we almost have Gwen Stacy 2.0, but Spider-Man is able to save Liz with his webs, and Karen tells him to kiss her, but he falls down before he can. So back in the lab, Vulture starts talking about how after eight years in business, a bastard in red tights shows up and tries to ruin things, so he decides he's going to kill Spider-Man. Midtown returns back to NYC, and everybody's talking about their near-death experience and how Spider-Man mania is sweeping the school. Peter is telling Ned that he knows that Vulture is stealing the weapons from damage control and that he has to catch him in the act. And he tells he tells him that it doesn't matter that he's skipping class because the Avengers are moving upstate, and he probably won't be back at school when he brings the Vulture in. So Peter goes home and talks to Karen about figuring out who the guys were under the bridge the night of the party, and she shows him footage of the arms deal and meets Aaron Davis, aka Donald Glover, and his address in Queens. So he flies into his location, uh, puts on his interrogation mode, which sounds really dumb, and he tries to get Aaron to tell him where he found these people, and he says 
you know, it was really ballsy that you told the dudes under the bridge to shoot at you. And he tells him that he doesn't want those weapons in his neighborhood because his nephew lives there, which is a call to Miles Morales. Um, He doesn't know who he is, but he knows where he's going to be. So Peter goes to Staten Island Ferry to catch the dealers and Tony calls him and Peter hangs up on him and starts fighting the weapons dealers. And they're using this alien tech to fight him. And the FBI shows up, points their guns at Peter. Uh, The vulture shows up, starts attacking Peter, and he's trying to web him. And he causes him to to release his weapon. And when Peter tries to stop it, he only makes it worse by the weapon causing an explosion. And the boat starts to rip in half with all the civilians inside. So the baddies all escape while Peter webs the boat together and he's trying to pull it back. But his web starts to crack. So Iron Man shows up and gets everything fixed before the boat completely falls out. And Peter tries to help, but Tony says that he has done enough. So Peter waits on top of a building where Tony meets him and says, he did the one thing he told him not to. And Peter says that he tried to warn him about the weapons, but he didn't listen to him. And if he even cared, he would actually be here. And behold, Tony comes out of the suit and says he was the one who called the FBI. And he says to Peter that it's not working out and he's going to need the suit back. And Peter says, I'm nothing without my suit. And Tony says, if you're nothing without your suit, then you shouldn't have it. So Peter comes home. Aunt May yells at him for not answering his phone all day, for skipping school, and asks what is up with him. And he's like, I lost the Stark internship. And he thought that he could work really hard, but he screwed it up. Um, So it's homecoming week at school and Peter's real sad about not having the suit, but he continues his schoolwork. And he runs into Liz after class and apologizes to her about the decathlon. And he awkwardly asks her to go to homecoming. And she says yes. So he goes home. Aunt May helps him look all fancy and get ready. And she drops him off at Liz's house. And he goes to knock on the door. And Tombs opens the door. And it is her father. Um, And he has no idea that Peter is Spider-Man and is just acting like a typical dad on prom night. Um, But Peter is terrified. And they try to talk to him, but he is pale in the face and nervous, and it's not about homecoming. On the ride to the dance, the dad asks him a bunch of questions, and Liz says that he has an internship with Tony Stark, and he gets to hang out with Spider-Man all the time. And Toombs asks if he's seen him around somewhere. His his voice just sounds really familiar. And Liz says that he was at her party, but he was only there for two seconds that he disappeared. He's always disappearing, even in D.C. So... Tombs starts catching on to who Peter is, and the scene is super intense. And he pulls up to the dance and tells Liz to head in while he gives Peter the dad talk. He pulls out a gun and asks Peter if she knows, and he says, knows what? And he says, nothing is more important than family. You saved my daughter's life in D.C. You walk through those doors and forget this happened and don't interfere with my business again. And if you do, I'll kill you and everyone you love to protect my family. So Peter gets out and walks into the dance and approaches Liz and tells her that he's really sorry, but he has to go again. So he grabs his old handmade suit and goes to leave, and the shocker, one of Vulture's men, is already outside waiting for him. And he fights him and almost gets knocked down, but Ned comes in and helps. And Peter tells Ned everything that happened, and Peter steals Flash's car to drive to Vulture's location, and Ned is working as his guy in the chair to tell him where to go and how to drive. So Ned calls Happy, tries to tell him about Vulture, um, but he ha- hangs up on him and Peter figures out that it's moving day and Vulture is going to rob the plane. So Peter shows up to the facility where Vulture's supposed to be at and finds all of his equipment and computers where he runs his operations and he finds him alone and Peter says it's over. He says he admires Peter's grit and sees why Liz likes him and he says he's young. He doesn't understand how the world works. The rich and the powerful like Stark, they don't care about the little guys like them. They have to pick up after them and eat their table scraps. 
and he wants him to understand, but also needed to distract him. The vulture suit flies around the room and knocks out all the platforms, holding the building up surrounding Peter, causing it to crash over him, and Vulture escapes. Peter is stuck under the rubble and is freaking out, trying to get out, but he's struggling a lot. And he's alone, he doesn't think he can get out, and he sees himself in the reflection and remembers Tony saying that if he's nothing without the suit, he shouldn't have it. So he lifts himself up and enough to get out the rubble and shows off his spidey strength and he catches up to vulture riding behind happy in the airship with all of tony's things vulture uses the tech to get inside the plane to override the security and takes the jet off course and he sees that peter is behind him outside and he's pissed off so he goes out there to fight him and the fight hits the jet way too much that it starts to fall down to the ground and it crashes and Peter gets up from the crash disoriented and Vulture attacks him again and is kicking the crap out of him. And Vulture sees this box with all of Tony's arc reactors in it and tries to pick it up and leave before he gets caught. But Peter notices that his wings are about to explode and tries to save him, but it's too late. Um, he crashes into the ground in flames and Peter runs in and pulls him out of his suit and leaves him tied up for Happy to find him. So he goes back to school and thanks Ned and thanks Ned for saving him, and then sees Liz and her mom collecting her stuff to transfer schools and move to Oregon because of what happened to her dad. He meets with the decathlon team, and since Liz is leaving, they appoint Michelle to be the captain, but she goes by MJ. He gets a message to meet in the bathroom, but Michelle asks him, what are you hiding? Where are you going? And then she's like, I don't really care. So Peter meets Happy, and he tells him that he owes him one, and Tony wants to meet him upstate. So he brings him to the new Avengers facility, and Tony meets him and tells him that Taking his suit was the perfect tough love moment for him. And he says he was wrong about him and he could be a real asset to the team. And there's 50 reporters behind the door. And when he's ready, he can try on the new iron suit that he has in front of him and come through. And Peter says, thanks, but no thanks. He wants to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for a little longer. And he says, thank you again. And this was a test, right? And Tony's like, uh, yeah, you passed. So he leaves and Pepper comes out and she's like, where's the kid? We have all these reporters waiting. And Tony says, you know, he made a really mature choice anyways. So Hap, you got that ring. And so I think they play on that. Um, and Peter comes home to find his suit waiting for him on his bed. And he puts it on and takes the the mask off. And Aunt May walks in and says, what the f-? And then that that is the movie so we have two end credit scenes we have the first with the scorpion guy who meets vulture in prison and says he's got some friends on the outside looking to make a hit on spider-man and he's heard that he knows who he is and tomb says if he knew who he was he would already be dead and end scene two is absolutely amazing captain america is in his original suit and he's talking to you and he says hi i'm captain america and i'm here to talk to you about patience Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it, and you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. And that is the end of Spider-Man. Eric, what are your feelings? Well, um, I love it, first off. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is definitely the best um, version of Spider-Man we've had in a live-action film. Uh, Firstly, because they just put him back in high school. Yeah, I think that's the main reason that it's so believable, because the other, like, on-screen Spider-Man that we have seen have been, like, way older for the role, and it just didn't feel like it fit. Mm-hmm. And Tom Holland was just, like, I feel like he was just, like, the perfect the perfect person to take on this cute little role. Yeah, because I, mean, I, like, I have no problem with the Spider-Man who's older. I mean, the Spider-Man PS4 game is, he's 23, it's great, um, 
but it's always the best when he's in high school and he's having to mm-hmm. deal with high school drama as well as, you know, villain drama as well. Right. Doing what he should be doing. What makes the character so great is that he is, you know, the start of the character. He's in high school. He's dealing with high school problems. He's trying to be this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We see him, you know, helping the lady with directions and still getting the uh, bike thief, you know, so things like that. It's just like small little things. And he wants to be a part of this bigger universe so badly, but he's still dealing with his own problems of growing up and taking on this new role. And, you know, I always mention that I don't love origin stories and that especially, I'm especially happy that we didn't have to see Uncle Ben die again in this film. And they did it really well without having to reintroduce the character. But also I feel like losing that, you know, with, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. Yes. With great power comes great responsibility. Losing that main arc in the story, which, you know, we assume that it has happened and that did happen, but we don't see it. I feel like Tom Holland has, well, not Tom Holland, but the Peter Parker in this film has taken on, like, he's a little bit more naive, but I guess that goes in with, you know, him being in high school and dealing with all this stuff. I feel like he doesn't have that responsibility until that 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 scene with the boat, right? When Tony's like... If you are nothing without a suit, then you don't deserve it, right? Oh, so I feel like that's the best line in the movie. Yeah, it is. And in another in another episode, we kind of call back to this with um with that's exactly how Tony is, right? Like Tony went through these things in Iron Man three. Like he didn't have the suit; he was just himself, and he was dealing with like all these problems. But he was making his own gadgets and stuff, and he didn't have the suit. And I think this is like kind of a callback to that too. So I think. Um... It's great that, uh, so like in Civil War, you see that when he's talking to Tony, he has that moment, like with, if we're talking about no Uncle Ben here, he's having that moment where he's talking about like, if you don't like do good things or whatever, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's, I, that was right there. I was like, oh, look, he's obviously mentioning the fact that he didn't do anything to stop Uncle Ben's guy, which we don't know how it happened. Yeah, uh, we don't, in this, MCU, in this, we don't know how it uncle ben goes but uh i like to equate it like in civil war uh peter got his first taste of being at the adults table at thanksgiving (laughs) dinner yes and now that um he's he's done with that he's really excited he's like oh man i'm gonna do more stuff do more stuff and just no one's talking to him and so like (laughs) being um being like a superhero and more importantly like being a teenager right there he's just got like so much going on right now he's so energetic he's so hyper about it all and just tony and happy just have nothing to say yeah but it's cool because the whole movie we're like under the impression that like they don't really care like oh they just needed him for that moment but they don't really care like they give us this impression but again in that scene where tony is in front of him he's like I've been knowing what you're doing. Like, I know that you're being that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I sent the feds. Like, I'm taking care of it. I am paying attention to you. But you think just because you can't, you can't sit with us, you know, like, you can't, you can't just expect me to invite you to be on the Avengers whenever you want. You know what I mean? So, I think that was something that I liked as well, because the whole movie, they had me thinking, like... They don't care about him, yeah. but they do. They just don't. They, they He wants him to finish school. He wants him to grow up before he can take on a role. And um, 
like that the line right before the if you're nothing without the suit i love when he says like you're, you're not even here right now and tony just steps out and <laughs> then like, peter's uh, just like oh crap um but also by the way rdj's highlights in this film are on point oh yeah absolutely <laughs> he he looks so fresh um but uh speaking back um to an earlier episode the first episode of the snap with iron man um yes. i think Tony's growth is super important in this film as well. Of course. So yeah. if you see, like, if you watch Iron Man and stuff, it's important to have that Tony that was very arrogant. I mean, he's still kind of arrogant, but not nearly as much as he was. Um, he's arrogant. He's he's all about himself. And in this one, he's taking on like a a surrogate, not surrogate, wrong. Uh, like he's taking on a dad role. For right sure. Here. Yeah. And so he's trying to instill, like, his knowledge. He's trying to instill just responsibility and everything into Peter. And so, like, watching Iron Man 1 Tony all the way up into Spider-Man Homecoming Tony, it's just, it's two completely different people. It's two different people. And this is what I was saying back then is that, like, this is the Tony that I I love and support because he's been through it and he, he gets it now. and. He's trying to pass off that that mentorship to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And uh and it's it's also um I I should also preface this by saying that uh I won't get super into it, but Spider Man means a lot to me, um mm-hmm. personally. So that's why I was really happy to talk about this because um he's he's uh and he's just a kid. He deals with all the stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. most of us dealt with probably in high school. I mean, I don't Except know. But... Taking on some super superpowers, but yeah. but yes, um, <laughs> take. I mean, but that could be a metaphor for taking on anything in your life, right? Like so. Uh, and so, well, I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about Michael Keaton. Damn. <laughs> By the hands down, in my opinion, the best villain in the MCU because he's the most like relatable mm-hmm. like he you know with but with a lot of people it you know all around america and i'm assuming other countries but we're just talking america like who kind of have like lost their jobs to the man like bigger things that have come in and done this and this these kind of things change people's I- ideologies which sucks like the way that government is run and things but but anyway past that it's just we see this guy who is so relatable like he could be somebody's uncle over here like he he's lost a job and he's lost he's trying to take care of his family and puts it into another work i mean obviously as we get further into the film he goes down that villain role Mm -hmm. like he starts killing people but he's the most believable and like you feel for him Mm -hmm. like the scene oh i love such a plot twist, by the way. I oh, did not see this coming best, at all. The when best plot twist in the MCU. Peter goes to knock on the door, and he opens the door. I just remember in theaters watching that moment, and my heart just, like, dropped. And I felt like you see it in Peter's face, and I felt it the entire time. Like, holy shit, what is going to happen? And then they're in the car, and then, God damn it, Liz, she just won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like... Yeah, Peter was there, but he he left, and he kept leaving. He's always leaving, and he's on the Stark internship. And then you just see it click, and he's staring at him, and I'm like, oh, this is making me so uncomfortable. <laughs> no, the car oh. scene in that movie is 
easily a top five scene in the MCU uh, for me. So yeah, I I think this is the most just just by saying saying that like Spider Man is the most relatable hero. I think this villain was the most relatable villain in the MCU. Like, can so. we also talk about how they actually made the vultures scary? Yeah. Like it's so great. Usually I'm dealing with usually we're dealing with just old man looking vulture and um everything like this one is just oh this is terrifying. It like, looks so, super cool too. Yeah. Um but yeah just like that whole big plot twist it was just I remember I just gasped when I saw it and it's just it reminded is just how connected all this stuff is Mm -hmm. and how just oh oh man so good and i love michael keaton right like such a good batman welcome welcome to the michael keaton podcast where we're talking about everything (laughs) michael keaton um but no it's um it's so good um he also has a dope jacket yeah the with the fur yes i was i was looking at that last night and i was like oh i like this yeah, it, it just it just shows how just normal people are affected by everything that's happened in the MCU. Just like that episode of Jessica Jones, where that lady traps Jessica. It's like, hey, my mom was killed in the like the Avengers attack, uh, and it just shows how a little in, uh, significant thing could have ramifications across across everything. Um, oh, I like also in this one how Peter actually has friends. And uh, wants to be friends with everybody. And like the other two Spider-Man movies, he only dealt with, you know, Harry and MJ, really. It's good that he had a bunch of people that he was trying to, you know, be friends with. And and like everyone knew who he was and stuff. And he wasn't just lame social outcast the whole time. I really appreciated that. Yeah, and I think they still made it. Like, he was still kind of dorky, right? He still had Flash picking on him. but. I they still kind of included him like Liz was clearly like popular and they were all in this together but and she took him to prom but he was still kind of dorky like you know in the beginning Ned pops up and is like we're gonna build a Death Star yeah. <laughs> and the the cheerleaders next to him are like what dorks right so um, but I do like there was way more of a friendship kind of thing going on mm-hmm. but you know I mean in the comics it's mainly just. Harry and MJ, those are like his main buds. I know, isn't doesn't Ned come from the Miles Morales story? I think so. I'm I could not be wrong. Super well versed in Miles Morales. Yeah. I know that's terrible, and he's great, but I'm not super well versed. I think he may have been. Yeah, I think I may, might be making that up, but I might not be. <laughs> but hey, it's your podcast; you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um. I also kind of like the fact how Flash in this movie is not, like, big old, strong, beefy dude who just beats up on Peter. He was just, he was an a-hole who just was, was mean and said, like, just said yeah. mean things to him all the time. But he was kind of a dork, too. So. Yeah, and, like, whenever they bring up Spider-Man, it's just, oh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. But I guess like, that's the cool thing about this movie is it kind of breaks down those stereotypes, right? Like, there's no big jock and, like super popular girl and like they're setting us up for mj in the next film and it she was just like chilling the whole like she was just kind of like an outcast like she wasn't super out there to be this character so i don't know they broke down these stereotypes which are really cool too yeah um i I like the whole i like the mj reveal it was nice 
I don't know if I liked it, but like, I guess, I guess we're going to see more of it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I like her. In the future. She's great. I do. I love Zendaya. Yeah. She's great. I think what was weird, especially like watching the film was, I don't know. I didn't really love, I didn't hate her character in the film. She was just kind of there making like little quippy remarks and being a little outcast. But I think what was weird is the way they introduced her. Like right at the end, she's like, oh, my friends call me MJ. And this whole movie, she's been like really off with Peter and the friends just kind of like, I don't want to be a part of it. She says her name is MJ. He goes to leave and she like looks at him and has this like specific look in her eyes like, okay, like I'm kind of checking him out. And like, you don't see that the entire movie. So I thought it was just such a weird thing to just throw in both of those things right at the end. I never noticed that weird. I never noticed that look. Huh. Um. Yeah, it's like right at the end. uh, She says like, where are you going, Peter? Why are you hiding something? And he's like, uh, she's like, I don't care. And he walks away and she just like stares at him for a second. Like, like you see it kind of in her eyes. And it's like a little, I don't know. It was weird for me. But I also uh, enjoy the scene where he's just uh, in the very beginning where he's just going out and trying to do Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, it's I like, oh that. look, I, uh, and of course it leads to the best line in the movie. Oh no, I say there's a lot of best lines in this movie. <laughs> One of the best lines in the movie is just was like, "Do a flip, Spider Man." <laughs> it does flip, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just like the the city of New York likes them. Yeah, it's oh, it's so great. Um, what did you think about the controversial Aunt May? Controversial Aunt May, what? Like the, she's a babe, she's oh, young. I've I have no problem with it. No problem with it at all. <laughs> I have no, it's like they make it made younger and younger. Um, and yeah, this is fine. I, I mean, it's weird having like thoughts about Aunt May like that. <laughs> it's really strange. But I, it's funny because the movies play on that very well. Like, there's so many like people hitting on Aunt May and talking about Aunt May. So it's like, like they knew when they cast her, they were like. We know people are going to say things, so we're just going to include it in here just so to play around with it. So yeah, I I I like Marissa Tomei, so I think yeah, uh, I think I like an older Aunt May in general because that's what I'm used to. But I don't think it's a problem. I liked her character. I personally think that Sally Field was the best Aunt May. Um, okay, but that's yeah. I'm gonna have some hot takes about Spider Man in a little bit because. Um, we'll get to it, but Andrew Garfield is like my favorite Spider-Man. So that, that um, is a take. It's a take, uh, but but yeah, c- c- you can continue what you're saying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Aunt May is such an integral part of Spider-Man um, that, like, in Spider-Man Two, uh with Tobey Maguire when Aunt May has that speech to him about, like, how Spider-Man was a hero and everyone looks up to him, I still get, like, teary up Mm -hmm. uh, when she has that little speech. And it's just, she's such an important part. Like, at the end of the movie in Spider-Man Homecoming, it was so great when she, like, sees him putting on... she's like, what the... (laughs) And it's just like, oh, this is an interesting development because I think, like, Sally Field's character, like, knew that Peter... Like, she had to have known that Peter was out doing, like, Spider-Man stuff. Like, it's never implied in the Amazing Spider-Man movies that she knows I what think, he's doing. No, I don't think it's ever... I think I think the opposite. There's this those scenes, I can't remember if it was in one or two, but where she, like, gets on a second job and she's, like, stressed out and she's like, 
what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? Why are you, like, why aren't you helping me? And she's stressed out. I don't think she, I think she might have, like, some hint, but I don't think, I think it was very clear in the Tobey Maguire movies that Aunt May knew, you know, um, but I think Sally Field was a little bit more skeptical. I just, I just like how the fact that she catches him in the act of, like, putting on the suit. <laughs> I know, right at the end. Um. So, and I hope we get a little bit, I mean, obviously she's not, like, an older, like, wise Aunt May who's, like, supposed to be guiding. But I think also, like we said before, I think Tony takes on a lot of mentorship, so we don't need Aunt May to be the one that's always, like, giving him advice and doing things. But I do want to see a little bit more of Aunt May giving us those characteristics that we love of being that that person he looks up to, the person that drives him to keep being the best he could be. Like, I love the Aunt May story, like, the whole dynamic in the uh, Spider-Man game, the recent Spider-Man game. Oh, Um, That was such a good story, but that's what we really see is that, like, this older Peter Parker, and he's still doing the things that he does, um, but he's still really cares about his aunt and he's doing all these things for her that and the story mainly revolves around this like one plot that has to do with her and the people she's around so i love that and i would like to see more uh, uh more with that in the next film because i feel like we didn't see a lot of interactions between the two of them besides like the thai restaurant and then when he comes home and he's like i lost the stark internship like i want to see a little bit more so uh i think like uh, I think it's also important to talk about the things I don't like about it. This mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, I don't like, this is such a silly one. I don't like the fact that we didn't get to like, see any like big shots of him web swinging through the city. Yeah. Yeah. He's like so, hopping around a lot. Yeah. And so that's why I like the new, uh, the new Spider-Man trailer when he, when they have that shot of him web swinging through New York, I'm like, yes, there it is. There it is. I'm good. That's all I need right there. So gonna gonna mention this one no, it's not gonna be the one more time. I'm gonna mention this again. One of the reasons why I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> movies is they had one of the best like intro Spider-Man like when he first becomes Spider-Man and he's swinging through New York. It felt very much like I'm playing a video game and I'm swinging through New York. Like those scenes looked so cool and he was like he was just he was awesome. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I I think um, Tom just did a really good job of capturing both sides of the character. He did a good job portraying uh, the Peter side, the awkwardness, and mm-hmm. uh, just being in high school and stuff, being uh, eager, because that, that's a big thing for Spider-Man, it's just his eagerness to go do stuff. And like his Spider-Man side, where it was just, he was confident when he had the suit on, and that's that's what. And quippy, I love yeah. a quippy Spider-Man. The best, <laughs> like um, the one. If anybody's played the Spider-Man PS4 game, there's like this one superpower that you can get where you just throw quips at people as you're like <laughs> beating them up. You can like constantly spam the button, and like as you're hitting people, you could just you could just say stuff to them. It's great. Yeah, I, and I also like how he's learning more and more about himself as he's doing it too like i can't believe i haven't mentioned the warehouse scene oh, when he's, he's got all the mm-hmm. rubble on him and uh right there you can hear it in tom holland's voice he's like screaming like it still reminds you this is a kid yeah. this isn't tony stark this isn't captain america or thor or anything this is just a teenage kid uh just trying to do the right thing and 
his perseverance through that is it's just so great and the fact that uh he he didn't quit even though he's like I don't have my suit anymore that one's that has you know kill shot which I'm sad we didn't get kill shot but that would you know <laughs> go against the Spider-Man character go against everything yeah <laughs> um but I like that he just goes out there and still does the right thing uh, even yeah. though he's severely um, outmatched with Vulture's gadgets and stuff. But he just I think has that's his... such a Peter Parker thing, too, of being, like, persistent and being, like, he has to do the right thing. And that's always going to be a part of him because of Uncle Ben and because he he didn't stop this one thing, right? Like, the rest of his life and the rest of the things that he has to do, he always has to do the right thing, and he has to do it. He can't let it slip behind him, right? So, yeah, I do love that. That scene is really powerful because, you know, we go back to Tony being like, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. And he doesn't have the suit on. He still goes anyway, and he's under this rubble, and he doesn't have... I mean, you know, he has strength, but he's he's a kid and he doesn't know what to do. And he's probably like he probably in his head, he's probably like, I can't do this, but he's got to do it. So he he breaks through and he's just Peter with his little homemade suit on and he ends up doing the right thing. And in the end scene, like he could have left Vulture to die. And then he goes in and he rescues him because that's Peter. And that's the kind of hero that Peter's going to be. So uh, just. Oh, Spider-Man. So great. So good. So good. I love this film. Um, speaking about loving this film, can you tell me what your favorite... Um, uh, oh, this is going a different turn. We're not, we're not talking about the rating systems yet. I want to know what your favorite of the three Spider-Man is. Is it Tom Holland? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He did, like, they all give me something different, um, mm-hmm. but Tom Holland just captured both perfectly. Like, Tobey Maguire really capture the struggles of being Peter. Like, I think he did a good job of portraying, you know, everything that goes on in Peter's life. Um, and then still trying to be Spider-Man. His Spider-Man, now granted, as a 10-year-old kid, his Spider-Man was the greatest thing ever. Well, right, because we were kids, and that was yeah. the first time we saw Spider-Man, so, so of course it was. Um, and of course it's nostalgic, so I don't want to hear people complaining to me. I'm talking to all my friends that I always argue with, uh, that he is the Spider-Man because he was the first one. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Just because you were the first one doesn't mean you do it the best. So that's right. Continue. Fast and the Furious. I mean, right. so uh, hot takes here. Uh, <laughs> but no. Um, and then Andrew Garfield. I didn't like his Peter Parker, but I liked his Spider-Man. Like I thought his he Spider-Man was, was a good step Spider-Man. in the right. I thought it was his Spider-Man was a good step in the right direction when he started like making quips and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think Tom Holland just is the full package when it comes to like the Peter Parker Spider-Man thing. He he had he was able to capture both really well. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh that's why he's my favorite. It's just because how good he was at explaining the duality of this character with the whole He's uh, just a kid, but he has such huge responsibility on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Like, take this with a grain of salt. I agree that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. I think he does it really well, and I really enjoy watching his film, but I still think Andrew Garfield is my favorite. Because, um, you know, like, we all grew up with 
uh, Tobey Maguire, which is fine. I think watching uh, Spider-Man 3 <laughs> in theaters just really ruined it for me. Um, I I walked out of that film like, what the fuck is Spider-Man about anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of the whole uh, take with emo Spider-Man and Venom. But that's that's another podcast we'll talk about. Yeah, it's another podcast. Uh, but I I loved Andrew Garfield Spider Man. I loved the fact that you know we had uh, Emma Stone. Like you know they they had great chemistry because they were actually together in real life. I loved her Gwen Stacy, and I loved getting a story on Gwen Stacy um, instead of getting an MJ because that's what we we're used to. So. Yep. And then, you know, they could have played around. If we would have gotten a third movie, maybe we would have seen, like, an alternate reality. Because, you know, she doesn't make it. But, like, something happened what? and we see, like, a spider Gwen. Right? Spoilers! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, when we... Wait. When when they had that scene in the elevator and Liz starts dropping and he grabs her, I was in my head. I'm like, oh, another, another Gwen. <laughs> another, like, another that's one. all I was thinking. <laughs> But yeah, I love I love Andrew Garfield because yes, he I think he has like such a fun Spider-Man. The scene that really stands out to me about him and like why I feel like he does it so well is in Spider-Man 2, they're um they have that kid who at the end of the movie, at the very end, he stands up to Rhino because Spider-Man's been gone, he, you know, he lost Gwen and Spider-Man's been missing and then the Rhino comes out they're hinting to the Sinister Six movie, and then this little kid dresses up like Spider-Man and goes up and stands in front of him. And everybody's like, oh my god, like, no, my son, he's out there. And then he comes back out. This is his first appearance back since Gwen died. And he's like, hey, buddy, I, I can take it from here. And he's like, he's just so good with the kid, I've, and I love it. It's such a great scene. It's, it's oh, definitely my I favorite scene it. in the whole Spider Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, yeah, and we're not going to talk about Andrew Garfield anymore. But I just I want y'all to know <laughs> that he is my favorite, and I loved I love his Spider Man. So, um, but yeah, uh, just the Spider Man, like the suit, it is great too. Oh, it is. There's there's so many things where it's in my head. I'm like, I can't believe I haven't brought this up. I can't believe I haven't brought this up. But no, <laughs> I, the suit, I like I like the sleek nature of the uh, Stark suit. Um, yeah, it was. I like I I did like the Infinity War suit a little bit better, the one that they tease right at the end when he goes in and Stark's like, "Come talk to the press," and he's like, "Nah, this is a test, right?" Like that suit, that is a sleek suit. That is a nice suit. But... I like how there actually was press. Like, I, thought, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was just fake, and then uh, Pepper comes out. Where's the kid? Oh, <laughs> so yeah, suit is awesome. Um, I also like how Peter goes in to the. Uh, the bodega that was on fire and rescues the kitty. Important yeah. scene because cats are great. <laughs> I was about to say, are you about to like tell me something? That I don't know. It's just cats are great. <laughs> cats are great. Yeah, and that's another part of that like neighborhood Spider Man. Like he sees something happening and he's like, oh, this is this is big. I'm gonna take care of this. In reality, what happens is he ends up screwing something up in his neighborhood. He leaves the the robbers, goes to take care of the people that he knows, and then the robbers get away, and it's just kind of like that realization of, like, this might be too much for me, but I'm still going to go after it, because I have to. I have to be persistent. I also, I also love the scene with the robbers. Now that you mentioned the robbery, when he's trying to position himself <laughs> to look cool. Yeah. Just, well, hey, what's up, guys? He's like, oh, it's, it's like, so great. Oh, you are the Avengers, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything that we're missing that we want to chat about? 
I think. Oh, I love the incorporation of Matt Gargan in this movie, aka Scorpion. For those who don't know, oh yeah, who Matt Gargan is. So, do you think? Holy, do you think they're? Please tell me they're setting up for Sinister Six because, man, I that is the one thing that I was like so hyped for for Amazing Spider-Man. I was like, oh, we're getting Sinister Six. How cool would it be? We see all these god, we see all these multi-hero <laughs> movies, the Avengers and stuff like that, and it's cool because we have all these superheroes kicking ass. But how cool would it be on the big screen to see all these villains kicking down just one hero? Like, well, we I already see got it. that with Suicide Squad. We don't talk about that. All right, we're not uh, talking MCU, about it. MCU, MCU. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I I would li- like I love the facts. Wait, no, we. I remember what you said. Spoilers for future movies and stuff. Oh yeah. What, the end. what are you? What are you? I was going to talk about? about Mysterio and how so fucking um, ready for Mysterio. That's fine. Mysterio is a is a trailer, okay. so that that that's so fine. So yeah. Ready for Mysterio. You have no idea. Mysterio has been so underused in everything. I am a little bit nervous about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know why I love him, but I don't know why I don't see him as being like a not villain be in a, a good film. Guy. He better not be a good guy in this movie. Who like? No, I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to be like he pretends to be a good guy, and then towards the third act, he's going to be like, <laughs> I, I'm totally yeah. okay with that because Mysterio should not be a good guy ever. Yeah, he's so great. But no, uh, back to Scorpion. No, I like the fact also at the end where he, uh, Matt Gargan goes up to Adrian Toomes and is like, "Hey, uh, a couple people in here say you know who Spider Man is." And then Tombs is like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So right mm-hmm. there, I think he's like, you know what? Peter may not be that such of a bad of a kid, or he could be saving it for later. I don't know. But I think I it's like very that. much that. I think it's the idea of like, he's pissed. He's here. He does want to kill Spider-Man, but it's kind of like a life for a life situation where he's like, you saved my life, so I'm not going to rat you out. But if the Sinister Six becomes a thing and we all get out of here, I'm still going to come for your ass. You know what I mean? Oh, so ready for to see if he fights the Sinister Six. Ugh. That would be so Ugh. cool. Also, so I talked about it a little bit in episode two, but how cool would it be if we got Fantastic Four and then he fought with them? Because it's like, you know, Spider-Man loves the fantastic four in the comics and like he i guess is kind of taken on the role with the avengers right like he wants to be a part of the avengers so bad but how cool if we got that and they teamed up and then and then yeah, Doctor Doom? yes yeah i've thought about that multiple times but yeah uh sinister six great kevin feige you're smart and good at what you do Make listen to us i know you probably get this <laughs> call all the time people are probably writing in like when are we getting a sinister six we want it just, well, we know you listen to the snap. Just go. Yeah, I know you're day. listening. So thank you for listening, Kevin Feige. But please, please give us the Sinister, Sinister Six. Whether it be like down the line, you know, Spider-Man 3. Maybe it's its own movie. Maybe it's like an Avengers movie. Maybe it's like a Suicide, suicide Squad. It's its own movie. It's just the Sinister Six. <laughs> I want it. I bet there are people I who, want are, it. who are probably listening. It's like, God, I can't believe they've mentioned Suicide Squad now three times already. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So is this where we talk about spoilers for future no, films? No, so 
So we're going to do that at the end. What I want to know before we go into spoilers is, um, what are your top three MCU films? And if Spider-Man is not up there, where where would Spider-Man be? <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be easy. Uh, so okay. number one, I have Infinity War. Okay. Because it's just so wonderful. It um, is. Two, I have Winter Soldier. Also just wonderful. Great film. Uh, three, I have Civil War. Because it's wonderful. And then four, that's I have... The first, that's the first introduction to Spider-Man, so... Yeah, you know. and then four, I have Spider-Man. Cool. So that was so. easy. That was really yeah. easy. Yeah. Why is there reason reasonings besides them being awesome for uh, being in your top three? Uh, so Infinity War, for me, um, is essentially was a Marvel comic, where it's just, oh man, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange are dealing with stuff right now. Oh no, here comes Spider-Man! It's like, that's what I want. Like, that's what the Marvel Universe for me was. It's just this interconnectivity the where they're all yeah. surrounded by one another. And we'll get more into, like, Infinity War and game stuff later for me. But it's just, it, it, Infinity War was just, it wasn't just, like, the culmination. It was just, this is what I wanted. Like, this is this universe on the big screen. They're all together. And that's why it's so great. Um, yeah. Winter Soldier is number two because... Captain America, as much as I love Spider-Man, uh, he's still got a little more to go, but Captain America is definitely the heart of the MCU for me. Oh, for sure. And yeah. So, I mean, people, I guess you, people could say that Tony, Tony is the heart of the MCU because he kind of started and like, I feel like it's always his fault that things happen. But I do agree that like Cap, I don't know, Cap just has like, I mean, he is the first Avenger mm-hmm. and like most so many heroes in the MCU are based off a of cap. Like the yeah. Incredible Hulk was try they tried to do Super Soldier Serum. Tony, right. like his dad worked with Captain America and stuff. And so um Cap plays in such an important part and just Winter Soldier. It's not it's like one of those situations where it's not just a good superhero movie. It's just a damn good movie. It is. Like, it it's a good political really well, spy yeah. thriller and um the action still has the best fight scene in all the MCU when him and Winter Soldier fight for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, the knife flip. So great. <laughs> um, but yeah, Winter Soldier's so good. And that heartbreaking scene with him and Peggy, where she keeps forgetting oh, him. Yeah. Oh, and he has heartbreaking. Just, he, he just sits there and just listens to it. It's just Captain America. So great. And then I have Civil War 3 because they got they nailed what makes the character so great. Like they nailed why Tony is the way he is and like Captain America and his um, convictions. Mm-hmm. Um, like they just, they get all the characters right. And of course, like introducing Black Panther is right. awesome. Like I, so I remember when, when I went, took my fiance to go see um, Civil War, like when Black Panther showed up, I, I think I accidentally like, made a, a bruise on her knee because I squeezed her <laughs> knee so hard because I was so excited. Uh, and like when they, when Tony says, ah, I gotta go make a stop. And then you show Queens. I screamed. Right. Oh, that's such a good scene. And then the music's playing. Oh yeah. Such uh, a good scene. Yeah, I, like, I, we knew it was coming. It was spoiled that, that Spider-Man was going to be in this film. But like when you saw Queens jump up on the screen, I think everybody was like, oh, you know, like, Oh, it's coming. It's happening. And, and, and it, was just, cool. <laughs> it was just so great, just like in Civil War. And I know, like, 2016 was, like, the year of heroes fighting with like, Batman versus Superman and stuff. But, like, this one, it was it was good because you can see that 
like all the Avengers, they weren't they weren't really trying to kill each other. It's like you can see with like um Natasha and Hawkeye fighting one another. It's like, hey, yeah. are we still friends after this? Oh no, it depends on how hard you hit me. Um and so it was it really added that's why I love Civil War so much. It was the characters. They nailed the characters so well mm-hmm. in that movie. And uh it it really showed what they were all about. Um and that's why I have Civil War there. Um and then Spider Man at four, because Spider Man. I just love Spider Man so much. Right. Well, that is a very fair um rating, I would say. Um, Where do you have Spider Man? No, you're gonna find out. Um <laughs> let's <laughs> we're sixteen in. I feel like I keep getting in this position where I want to move things around, but I can't. It's got to be set in stone. So, all right, this is where we're at. Number one, The Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. (laughs) Number four, Winter Soldier. Number five, Civil War. Number six, Age Voltron. Number seven, Captain America. Number eight, Iron Man. Number nine, Doctor Strange. Number 10, Ant-Man. Number 11, Thor. Number 12, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Number 13, Incredible Hulk. Number 14, Iron Man 3. Number 15, Iron Man 2. And number 16, Thor Dark World. Okay. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Do you think those are pretty fair? I yeah, know people are going to hate all, on me. That's all pretty fair. It's your list. You can do whatever the hell you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. People are going to be salty about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 forever, but I will forever be... Um, I'll I'm be a, forever salty about that film. So. I, I, I'm kind of on your side there. Guardians 2 is... It's good, but... Uh, it's not as good I as just can't time. watch it without, like, getting mad, so... Also you know. a big twist in the MCU. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, man. I was so pissed. So, yeah. Um, Before we get into the spoilers and endgame stuff, uh, Eric, I gotta thank you for coming out and talking about Spider-Man with me, since you love Spider-Man so much. I love Spider-Man. It's a cool thing to bond over. So, thank thank you. Thank you for having me. And again, thank you for doing this. I, again, I can't state how proud I am of you. Thank you. It's been, it's been a mess but a fun mess and a lot to take on. But that's that's what's cool about this is it's all a learning a learning process. And I'm having fun talking with all my friends on the internet about about MCU. So it's been great. Uh, if you liked listening from Eric, you can check him out. Follow him on Twitter at Eric C Gin. It's E E R I C capital C capital G-I-N-N. Um, also, uh, you can follow him on Twitch with the same username. And he also has a blog called ericscorner.blog. What is your what is your blog about? Uh, it's just about a bunch of different stuff I talk about. Uh, my battles with depression. Um, that's a good start right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just whatever comes to mind. I, yeah. I, I don't really like to set anything with it. It's just whatever I want to talk about, really. That's awesome. So getting all um, personal on there. So, mm-hmm. so if you, yeah, if you liked hearing from Eric, check him out on, on those different platforms. And again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, the Snap MCU, where we 
pop out those updates on the episodes and and you know so you just get notified when they're out there um so yeah thank you again and i need to know what do you want from endgame all i want is just for them to say Avengers Assemble. <laughs> right. That's all I need. That's all you want. Um, I think we're all like a little upset that in Age of Ultron, right at the yeah. end, Cap's like Avengers, and then uh, it stops. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's just that's all I need. Like I haven't watched. I'm starting to get into like blind mode now. When they had like the trailer that showed apparently. Uh, from what I heard, Cap and Tony reuniting. I still haven't seen it. I don't want to okay, see it. Yet. So you I'm, haven't I'm, seen it. I'm still in like this thing. I'm in this thing now where it's like I don't want to know anything anymore. Okay. Like they've been like, really good about hiding things too. Yeah. Like, and I'm un- I am so I'm the person that thinks that ninety percent of these trailers are not real. And the Russo brothers themselves said like some of these shots are fake, and I'm like that's so. I think they're fucking great. with us. I hope they are because I, I don't know. I, I, it would be so cool if like it, none of those things popped up. Like that'd be awesome. <laughs> and they just sit around having tea. That's what it right. Is. And there's like hey hey hey, look what we've done. But no, oh man, I just like I said, I, the first thing that's just the first thing they need to say Avengers. They don't need to. No, they like, need I'm to. Not gonna, no, I'm not going to tell them ground. what they have to have have to do and whatnot. But I just I need to hear Avengers assemble on the big screen. Like it's it's such. It's so iconic. I I, yeah, just, I need it. Um, and I would just like good closure for some of the characters. Like, I know that Steve is probably not going to make it out of this one. Probably um, not. So I would just like a good end for him. Like, I I want like I it would definitely ruin me if they have a shot where like he dies or something and he goes um to heaven or wherever he goes. And uh, he's like there with Peggy, like that uh, will that will wreck me, my heart emotionally. And um, I don't see Thor dying, but I do see yeah, him like happening. I do see him like going off like away or something like that. Um, I hope then, there's another movie. I think they did Thor Ragnarok so well that we want more. We want another film. I want another one. <laughs> Who thought it would be like, yes, please, more Thor films. <laughs> right? But then the third one came out, and... I, I hope I hope Tony gets a right-off into the sunset moment. Like, I yeah. don't... I'm not ready. I don't want him to die. Uh, just, I mean, I don't want Cap to die either, but I think for the character, that would be good. I just want Tony to get his right-off into the sunset, because he started mm-hmm. the whole thing, and... yeah. Most of the stuff has been about him, and I just, I hope he gets his moment. I hope it's just, uh, I hope it's beautiful and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm already, like, with Dumbo, I'm bringing a box of tissues for this movie. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting ready for that. But, uh, I'd like to see how Captain Marvel is going to become the new face, because... Right. um, I want her to be the face. I want her to be, I want her to take on, take on the lead. You know, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I feel like she can do it. And I feel like this is the perfect movie to showcase that because I really, you saw Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I really, I enjoyed the movie. I liked toward, I, the end of the movie was the the height of the movie for me because that's when we really see her activate her powers. And 
she just like goes zero to 100 in a snap, right? She, uh, a snap, she goes zero to 100 really fast. And seeing how powerful she is, like, I'm so excited to see what they do with that in this movie and how they incorporate that into future films and the future of the MCU. Because I I do think she's going to take a lead. I hope that in this movie, she definitely has some conflict in a sense. Like, I want her... Yeah, because she can't be too OP. Yeah, I would like her to be like... But the thing is, I would like for her to, like, over these this past 20 years or so since she's, like, been away uh, or something, helping the scroll, uh, thinking like she's, like, hot shit, and then come in here and she gets thumped a little bit. Like, I would really like to see that. I want to see how she responds to that. Because, like, look, yeah. I'm the super powerful being right now. Oh, sh- I just got my ass kicked. Like, I don't know how yeah, to deal with I this right know now. How they, how they're going to do this? Because obviously, you've seen. Have you seen any trailers at all? Like, have you seen? Oh yeah, any? I've seen. I've seen all. I've seen the first two trailers for Endgame. Cool. So you but, saw like, like when she shows up. And, oh yeah, I like. Yeah, so one. like, I don't know why. I just don't think it's going to be that easy. Of like a. Hi, I'm a superhero. Like, I feel like there's going to be, like, a tension kind of thing mm-hmm. with them. Like, where have you been? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I hope there's some kind of, like... You know the scene in Avengers when the the main three, like, Tony, Cap, and Thor had their little tussle when they first meet? I don't know if I want something like that, but, like, it would be cool to have, like, a little bit of a Captain Marvel fight with, like... Thor or something, you know, like yeah. a little teeny fight, and then she's like knocks him down, and she's like stand down, you know, like that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. I um. But yeah. Uh. With Endgame, it's just I'm I'm so happy it's three hours. Right. I, I'm so glad. Um. No. First off, I'm not. I mean, I like longer movies. That's just me. Uh. But this is like they said. This is the end. For arguably the like the biggest cultural thing of this generation, oh yeah, Argu- arguably like back the previous generation was Star Wars with the original trilogy, uh, and this one is just the MCU is just a juggernaut that will not be. Nothing will probably come close. I hope something does. I hope something new comes up is like takes everyone's attention because that'd be great. Uh, more new stuff, but like this is an end to a lot of people's. A lot of people's childhood, really. I mean, that's that's how I was with yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, we all grew up with it. So. Yeah, with like Deathly Hallows. Like I grew up with Harry Potter, and after the that end movie, it's like, hey, this is a chapter of my life that is done. Is that why uh, you love it so much? I that that goes part into it. Like I said, if we we'll ever do, if we ever do start that <laughs> that, uh, that Harry Potter podcast, um, but no, this is we're this gonna is, do it. You have I'll, like I'll, single okay episode sixteen. Mark it down. Mark my words. I'm going to start a Harry Potter podcast because it's just right. It's the feels like oh, the right oh, yeah. thing to do. I would, I would definitely be on that 24 seven and just right. will argue about everything. Harry Potter. I, that'd be so exciting, but no, for like a lot of people, like this is their childhood. This is what they grew up with. And like, this is the end like mm-hmm. this. No, granted the great thing in too, is it's not an end. Like it's, no, it's just, not, cause we know we have things coming too. Yeah. But... And so, but it's an end for a lot of things. Like, it's an end for hopefully Tony, Cap, Thor, and all them. I hope they get off. Uh, I hope they all get the ending um, that they deserve. 
Right. I don't think, I think, you know, they have three hours. They're not going to play around. Mm-mm. I definitely think the characters that are going to die are going to be, it's going to be meaningful and they're going to be sent off the right way. If they, if they fuck that up, like people are not going to let them live it down. Yeah. You know, if they're not. So they, I think they, they are prepared. Obviously they've done so well with these films and they've learned so much and they know what we want. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they're going to get it wrong. I think it's going to be really, it's going to be rough. I think that but it's gonna uh, be probably, hopefully, what they do, what I would like them to do is, like, have the confrontation with Thanos end, and there's still about, like, 30, 40 minutes left in the movie. That way they can tie up a lot of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes is a long time, but have enough time where you can have closure with a lot of these characters. Like, maybe showing uh, Bucky pick up the shield. I don't want that, but I appreciate everybody I who wants that. I totally want Bucky <laughs> I, to be I next appreciate cap. everybody who wants it, but I would love for him to be just like the what is it, the White Wolf? Like yeah. I want him to be his own thing. Okay, I I can I can see that. Like I would just like want uh, Cap to just. I've said that I said it before, but I just feel like they're such great characters, and I know in the comics they like to pass the role down to keep it mm-hmm. to keep it fresh, and I just feel like. Put a memoriam in their names and let it die. Let okay. it let the new heroes take it from here. Right? Okay. Like we saw like the the Wolverine, the Logan movie, like we we got a hint that that was gonna happen, but I don't think they're going to do anything from that, right? So I just feel like don't even introduce us to a new character. Just Oh yeah, don't, let them don't. go and let us grieve. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I would like it if there wasn't a post credit thing for this one. Like, I know they said they didn't want to do a post-credit for Infinity War, but they had to, like, kind of show Captain Marvel. It's like, let us, after mm-hmm. Infinity War, just be like, oh, shit. No, I need an end scene. Speaking about end credit scene, <laughs> the end credit scene in Spider-Man is so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't, we only talked about the first one, but the second one, when you stay all the way to the end, and then it's another one of those Captain America things where he's like, so, you have a lot of patience. Yep. You sit through for a while and realize that it was all for nothing. <laughs> and then it's, he's like, oh, it was all for nothing. Uh, and he's that was that so awful funny. Of, awful Avengers 1, Captain America. Uh, awful. Very awful. Like, when he takes the... when he t- I think it's just the helmet part of that thing. So, like, in he Avengers... He just looks when, like he's wearing a costume from Party City. <laughs> yeah. Like, when he takes it off... When he takes off the, the helmet thing, uh, the helm, it's fine. Like, when he has the helm off in Avengers 1 and it just shows his beautiful face that's fine uh but just oh i just i hate that costume so much (laughs) but uh no again boils down to it just want to hear avengers assemble that's all we want that's fair that's fine avengers assemble is gonna be said and if it's not we're gonna sue marvel no i'm just kidding we're not gonna sue kevin feige we know you're listening we're not gonna do that (laughs) no we're not gonna ever do that thank you for everything i'm sorry Make Fantastic Four. Great. Please. Just yes. a couple of things that we want from you. <laughs> oh, Look, God. Just hit me up for the podcast. We'll, we'll give you a, a, a give Who you a would spot you want as here. the next Marvel uh, big bad? I, I need Doom. I need a good Yeah, Doctor that's Doom. why I want Fantastic Four so bad. I want Doctor Doom. That'd be awesome. Uh, I would like to see... You know, everybody talk about Galactus, but I don't really know that much about Galactus. But I know he's in that like Fantastic Four universe. So that would be really cool. I hope um, like they make the MCU smaller in a sense. Like you think so? Drive drive back the scale a little bit because 
if they just keep trying to top themselves with sheer epicness... I don't think they can drive back the scale, considering we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like, we're still getting these huge universe films, and if they're going to keep building and introducing new characters, they're going to have to, like, introduce another really big villain who is, like, just as big and bad as Thanos and poses this threat, so, like, I don't... I feel like it's too late for them to tone down. I don't know, I would, I would just would love a toned down just thing with, like, Doctor Doom. I would too. Like Doctor Doom's like ru- trying to ruin everything. Oh, just oh, so much stuff. I guess we'll find we'll find out. God, Sinister Six too. That's what I want. <laughs> the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe versus <laughs> six guys Sinister from six. New York. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you for having me again. Like I can't believe. Like again, we live an hour away and we haven't met up or anything. We're gonna link up. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Like I said, this is this is all new to me, but it's been so fun, and I feel like it's going to be so rewarding. And like a, I'm the kind of person that likes to just like finish something and have this satisfaction of completing something, and it's something that I care about a lot. So I've been, you know, and like getting to sit with all you guys, like sitting with everybody and talking about the films has been such a fun time because it's something we all enjoy and we all like to talk about. So. So yeah, three weeks. It's coming up soon. It's going to be emotional, but we're ready for it. I will be listening for Avengers Assemble. I will be watching for a a end credit scene with the Sinister Six. <laughs> Those are the things I'm I'm looking for. So so yeah, Eric. Thank you again for coming on. Spider Man is awesome. I'm excited to see Far From Home coming up. Is it this year that it's coming out? Also, have you heard, like, uh, I know we're trying to end it up here, but have you heard, no. like, this thing where it there'll be a paradox in the MCU? Like, Ned and Peter like Star Wars, okay? There's the thing there. So does this mean that the prequels exist in the MCU? Because if so, the guy, Mace Windu, is in your chair right now. <gasps> You're so right. <laughs> like the guy well, who looks okay, like Mace Windu well, movie, is sitting right this there. This movie did screw some stuff up. It's at eight years later, and it wasn't eight years. Like I think they, I think they said they messed up on that one. Yeah, like that was a ugh, that was a big oof. Um, that's a great question. Thank you for bringing that up because that is <laughs> that's something. Because if I was a Star Wars fan in that universe, like holy shit, Mace Windu. <laughs> Let's just assume that the prequels don't exist. I mean, I like to think that Revenge of the Sith still does because I like that I, movie. Yeah, I love Revenge of the Sith. I do <laughs> as well. Okay, I am the part. I like people can shit on the prequels all they want, but it's a great, great movie. So many spinoffs are going to happen from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Are, what are we getting out of this? We're getting a um, uh, Harry, Potter Harry Potter podcast. Ones. We're getting a prequels star wars podcast oh, we we're also uh, getting a podcast where we talk about um what's his name michael keaton yeah just so many here yeah so just follow the twitter account uh the snap mcu i will let y'all know if i start another podcast <laughs> i'll post it on there you'll be the first to know um but yeah again eric thank you for coming out thank you it's been a blast The next episode is Thor Ragnarok. 
I'm so excited for that film. I talk about it all the time because it's so fun. It's such a good, they did so such a good job with it. And I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, so yeah, that is the next episode. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day, whatever you're doing out there. Thank you for coming out. Thank you.